Okay, I don't know about you, but I've had it up to my armpits with this whole screw the nine to five mentality. Believe it or not, some of us really love our day jobs and don't wish to screw them. And yet we've got an additional calling, maybe a hobby, or a need for supplemental income that's just purring to us, make me a side hustle. And that's where I come in. I'm Chris McPeak, your host for this life quest to do the work we were meant to do and run a small business. If you're looking to maximize your time so you can run the side hustle of your dreams, then you are absolutely in the right place. This is the Got Side Hustle Show. Welcome back, everyone, to another fun episode of God Side Hustle. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and today we have a side hustle couple joining us. I'm very excited to have Susie Sevier and Michael Barnhart on the show. Welcome to God Side Hustle, you guys. Thank you so much, Chris. We're really excited to be here. So thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you for looking me up. I have a particular interest in this conversation because like y'all, I have a business with my husband as well. And, and between the two of us, we have multiple things going on. So I definitely want to dig into that for reals. So mm-hmm. if you could start by telling us who you are, what you do, and then we'll, we'll dig into there. Yeah, Chris, thanks for asking. So I am still active duty Air Force. I've been in the Air Force about 17 years now and currently stationed in Cambridge, England, which is about an hour north of London. And I am currently getting my PhD at the University of Cambridge in biochemistry. I was teaching beforehand at the Air Force Academy. It's like I'm towards the end of my career. And so like, I feel like I always say that the Air Force has hooked me up um, in, in a way, like I've, I've put in my blood, sweat and tears uh, to get to this point. And I got my dream job, which was teaching at the Air Force Academy. And so I was just teaching with a master's degree. So they sent me to get a PhD and then I'll return and continue teaching. And that'll be my last tour before I retire. So yeah. that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I... I am actually a full-time real estate professional now. So I know we'll get into this, but when Michael and I first started our side hustle, I was working as a project manager for a biotech company over here in Cambridge. But when, as a military spouse, so there's like a lot of things I have to think about, right? But the biggest part is the move and like what that kind of does on your identity. And so when we initially first moved over here, like I had recently gotten my MBA and I thought I would be totally fine getting a job and then boom, I have to wait like nine-ish months to get a visa. And so when, yeah, it was, it was a little intense for my soul, but Like once we found out how much we really loved our side hustle and like thought about all of the like pros that it could do, like for me, for our moves, like for everything all around, I decided to transition like out of my traditional, you know, nine to five and actually make our side hustle my full time just because of all the things I mentioned before. And it's been actually a really good transition as of now. And it's been pretty cool um, to be able to even still do it with Michael. Cause that's been the pretty much like the most fun part from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I think first of all, determining which side hustle you want to jump on is a big decision enough in itself. So what made you guys think that real estate was going to be the thing that you wanted to do initially when you started your side hustle? No. So that's a great question because <laughs> we didn't a hundred percent know. And okay. 
Yeah. So this is how it all started. So over here, like during COVID-19 in the first lockdown, like Michael and I were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Because over here, everybody was sent home from work and we didn't know how long that was going to be for. Yeah. So I suggested that we start a mini book club with each other. And so one of those books was the slight edge. And it just pretty much talks about like how to be like 1% better every day and how that compounds. But in the back of the book, he had a pretty like, long reading list. And so we're like, okay, let's buy a bunch of books off there. But one of them was multiple streams of income by Robert Allen. And like the whole first section we read, you know, like Michael's been entrepreneurial, like by like from the beginning and he's like, oh, okay. Like here's some new ideas. You know, I mean, it talks about stocks, but it can talk about like creating a business and everything and what that all entails. But then the whole second section, is real estate investing. And so once I got to that section, Michael's like, I think you should just skip the first part. And I think we should try to focus on real estate investing. And then once we found out that like the whole entire real estate investing world had gone virtual, we knew that we had the same opportunities as anyone else in the like US because everybody was at the same virtual meetups and everybody was getting used to communicating via Zoom. So we knew that like talking to brokers and lenders and all of that was going to be like just as easy, if not easier, especially from like living all the way over here. Sure. So that blows my mind, first of all, because like, wow, you started with just a book club between the two of you as a way to kind of, you know, keep connections going and learning new things. And that just opened up a whole world for you guys. And I'm reading in your bio here that you closed on 380 units in a year in Oklahoma city and Tulsa. Did that all just happen during lockdown and you discovering this business for yourselves? Yes, it, it did for sure. Yeah. And so we have, like you said, we have 388 units and it's across, you know, we have multifamily, but we also have like a short-term rental portfolio as well, which is pretty cool. And, you know, since we're talking about side hustles as well, like Susie and I also have like e-commerce stores yeah. and, and other, other businesses as well, like an import business and stuff like that. So yeah, we just, but the whole real estate thing kind of just started during COVID. We're looking for other streams of income and that was our kind of our ticket. And, and we just kind of dove in head first on that. So like the driving factor though, was like once Michael and I got to spend all that time together during lockdown, we were like, okay, how do we get more of this? You know, like yeah. What, because Michael has a commitment to the military. So it was like, okay, when Michael has to exit the military or gets to retire, sorry, in seven years, what will that look like? And how will we get there? And like, that's really, I guess, even to go back to the other question was how we chose real estate, because we found right. out like the power of what real estate investing can do. And we're like, okay, like if we can take down this many deals and replace my income, that means I can then transition into real estate full-time. But now the goal, like just my personal goal is like, how can I three X Michael's income by the time he comes to retire? Because we really just sat down and like thought about our why. So like besides spending like a lot of time with one another, like we wanted to find a way to like keep our love of like education, mm -hmm. but how do we, how do we do that outside of a traditional classroom? And so actually like our big, big why, right. Cause like, that's what helps like drive us and gives us motivation and like, has us wake up in the morning and be like, Hey, it's really fun doing two jobs at the same time. Was that like, we'd love to be able to like live in different countries. Cause it's just Michael and I and our cat. So like, we don't have any children mm -hmm. and 
like we want to be able to live in these different countries and really like get to know the communities and like see how we can serve them best. So like if helping build a well would serve them best, then we can do that. If like building a school would serve that community well, then that's how we would like to serve them just because so much can be done with just like basic education and not enough of the world has that. And it really bums us out. And it's like, how do we just continue that love? And that's really real estate was like, okay, well, this is how we can do it. And this is how we can do it from anywhere in the world. Cause even if we want to continue to do it, once Michael retires, like now that we've put the systems and processes in place from the UK, we know that we can do them in like Asian countries and African countries and wherever we need to go. That's amazing. I, that is so beautiful. You guys, I love your story. And when you were talking about like a well for a community or, or other, like, what does that community need? I'm reflected back to something else that's in your bio. And that's when you talk about the different ROI and that's return on impact. I love that idea. And I, when you talked about building a well in a community that made me go back to that. So at what point did you decide that that was going to be your focus? Because I think that's definitely not, it's not introspective or it's not egocentric. It's, it's very much like I'm doing the side hustle because I want to give back. It's I'm doing a side hustle because I want to make a difference. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that. Like how did, how did that come to inspire you? Cause it's, it's very clear just from hearing you tell your story that this is not just about making, making money so you can travel. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So like, actually one of my undergraduate degrees was, was anthropology because I loved, okay. loved, loved people. Like mm-hmm. I love humans. <laughs> and so <laughs> like I, when I initially was in that major, so many people were like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? And I was like, I don't know. I just really like the classes though. So like, I'm going to just keep taking them because <laughs> I'm not going to like spend four years and not like, like the classes that I'm in. Yeah. But with right. that too, I was like, okay, I'll also get a communication studies. We'll see where this goes. But then when we got into real estate, I was like, wait a second. Like, not that my MBA wasn't valuable or anything, but like, if I, a lot of people can like understand numbers, but if they don't understand people, it's really hard to like run a business effectively. And so mm-hmm. when I, so like, I just, Yeah. I just thought back to like everything anthropology. I was like, wait a second. Like, no, I want the people like in these apartment communities to like thrive. I I don't want them to just be in like survival mode. And just from everything I've read and like, just how I even feel like when you treat people like people, the conversations change. And when you talk about people instead of profits, like the way people's minds work change and the motivation changes behind Mm -hmm. it. And so just talking to people about people was like a huge part of it. But then we knew, Hey, if we can impact the residents and then we can also impact our investors, how can we get to this place where all we're really doing is thinking about impact? Because when you think about impact, like with in yourself or with your family or with your friends or with your community, right? Just like us as people. Yeah. The way that you start to even think about your life changes. And that's really how it was all driven just from an anthropology degree that I loved that I never thought I'd use. (laughs) That makes me so happy. That's so awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And, and, And talking about like the actual like business plan development and things like that, you know, we looked around and we, we saw what the, you know, multifamily community was doing, like all these operators were doing. It's just like a lot of them were just like 
turning and burning units, like, you know, renovating them. And sometimes like putting, you know, let's say putting stainless steel appliances in a C-class property, like right where it doesn't really fit. And then just raising rents to a price where it doesn't make sense for the, for the community. Right. So like mm -hmm. we also take us, you know, as we're building our, our business plans for each one of the properties that we acquire, we, we take a look back, uh, we take a step back and take a look back. <laughs> take a look back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We take, a, we take a step back and we take a look at, you know, what the community is, what the community can support, like what impact we can make on the residents that live there, right? Because we're not just acquiring apartment complexes, right? We're acquiring apartment communities, right? Mm -hmm. And these aren't units, these are apartment homes, and these are not tenants, they're residents. Like just changing that language as well really mm -hmm. helps you think about the people that are there. And the investors that we bring on to these, these investments are also driven to make an impact, right? When we, when we talk to investors, we say, you know, what is your number one goal, right? Like, and we try to figure out, okay, are they going to be a good fit for us? Because we'll tell them it's people first, profit second, right? Because yeah. like, yeah. let's say, you know, there's somebody has a, a leak in one of their, <clears throat> in one of their kitchens and it leaks all over the carpet or whatever ends up becoming wood rot. And long story short, we end up paying, you know, five to $10,000 for that repair. Like that's going to take place, right? That doesn't take priority or anything else, right? Because making safe, affordable housing where people can thrive and versus just survive, like that is our goal, right? So we communicate that to our investors and the people on our team. And we also have aligned ourselves with some amazing property managers who also share the same values that we do. Yeah. And I've never actually like owned a home. I've only ever rented. And so yeah. even from that aspect, I was like, wait a second, like even right now, right. If my landlord were to come in and just want to change a bunch of stuff just so that he can make the rents higher, I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. slow <laughs> like, down. Yeah. How can we come to this together? You know, cause like not everybody wants, like Michael was mentioning, like brand new stuff every mm -hmm. single year. So like, and without the residents, like we don't have a business. Right. And okay. so we have to like, listen to their needs. We have to listen to their concerns. We have to listen to a lot of what they're saying and figure out like who they are as people. And so that was like a big part is like, how do we figure out what this community actually wants and needs? That's amazing. You, you guys are blowing my mind. Y'all are amazing. And I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of like four or five different shows I want to connect you with because you would really make an impact on those podcasts as well. But I digress. Speaking of podcasts, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your show, the adventures of a real estate investor. When did you start your show and how are you liking that messaging platform? I think it's, you know, it's amazing. So first question, when did we start this show? We started it June 1st of this year. So do you have a follow-up question? Uh, what, what made you decide to start a podcast, I guess? Okay. Sorry. I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah. <laughs> so when we, again, when we're looking around in the community as well, in the multifamily community, we realized that everybody's just talking about how to close on multifamily deals or how to ask a manager, how to do this or how to do that. Like there was nobody talking about how to make an impact in the community that you serve or just in your community in general. And so we designed our podcast all in where we just talked to real estate investors about how they are making an impact in their world, right? Like whether that's in the communities that they acquire or just in the communities where they live. I just 
Like, so a strong thing was like, we strongly believe that like everyone was born to make an impact, but we also know that not a lot of people think that way. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole thing behind it was like, okay, if we can just give other people, other people's ideas, hopefully it'll spark their own, like to know that like impact does not have to be huge. You know, like that definition means something to everyone, but most people think it's like making this astronomical change, but it's not, you know, like just opening the door for somebody that you don't know is an impact, whether you would love to believe it or not. But like, if that like makes that person smile that day, like that's still like a 1%. And that even goes back to like the very first book that we read, The Slight Edge, it was all just like 1% better every day. And it's like, okay, if I'm 1% better every day and then I help somebody else be 1% better every day, like what does that ripple effect look like and what does it mean? So we just really hope to like spark people's ideas with impact and like different ways that they can be able to do that while leveraging real estate investing. That's awesome. And I'm going to go pick up that book tomorrow because it sounds like it really opened a lot of doors for you guys. Let's talk a little bit about what it's like to work with your spouse and or live with your business partner. Let's do, let's do a, a couple. What are some tricky things about having a business with your spouse? And then what are some of the, the beautiful benefits of, of doing that? Yeah. So, you know, I would say the tricky things, and I think this is, this is what helped us initially. So when we first started this business, we were kind of both doing the same thing. We were both, you know, trying to find brokers, trying to find deals, underwriting deals, doing all this, right? So very early on, which I think lends to a lot of our success was that we sat down and we said, hey, you know what? Like we're doing the same things. What we need to do is divide and conquer and then we, we can be two people, right? So yeah. from the very beginning, we, we split it. We had our different swim lanes. So I was focusing on underwriting on the acquisitions, broker relations, things like that. Susie was focusing on the marketing, investor relations, everything like that. Like, and so we were able to base, basically divide and conquer. What also that helps do is like, you both have creative, you know, each individual person has creative influence over what they're doing, right? Right. Um, not to say that we didn't cross paths ever, but like, cause we would always ask each other for input and stuff like that. But like, it wasn't, you know, I'm doing underwriting, but then she wants to underwrite differently. And then we have this like, disconnect. And then we are butting heads all the time, which then could lead to arguments and things like that. And so by having two different swim lanes really helped out, I think from the very beginning. So that was, you know, that was, that was a challenge early on and we overcame that pretty quickly. The best part is I just get to spend more time with my favorite human in the world. Oh, so he's being very sweet. <laughs> so I say that I'm not being very sweet right now. I say that all the time. <laughs> Yeah. I think the coolest thing is that I'm trying to word this in like a non-weird way. So because we know <laughs> each other's love languages, yes. it's very easy to be able to like pick the other person up quickly and not to like get into too much detail, but like if I can like hold Michael's hand or like somehow just do like skin to skin contact, like I know that that makes him feel better and like calms him down a little bit. But like in a workplace, traditional workplace, I'm not about to go do that to my coworker. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So just little things like that. Or if he needs like a positive affirmation, then I can provide that differently. And so I think that like deeper connection is really cool because it helps you move on from, I don't want to say like setbacks, but it helps you move on from just like those grumpy attitudes. And I don't mean 
like you have to not feel the emotion. It's just much easier to like move past the emotion mm-hmm. and like move on to the solution rather than focusing on the problem. Totally. Another, cool, another cool thing too is, that, <laughs> you know, when we are like, if I'm, if I'm upset about something or stressed out about something or Susie is, you know, upset or stressed out about something, if the cool thing is like, I can just start dancing. <laughs> or Susie can start dancing right and like even though we're in a really you know crappy mood we see the other start dancing and then it just puts a smile on your face I mean, it might take a little bit longer sometimes like 30 seconds 60 seconds something like that but you know it does put a smile on your face and, and then you just start dancing yourself and then you forget about why you're so stressed out so yeah, <laughs> it's definitely another benefit there Okay. So which of you is the better dancer? Because I know in my house, mm. me starting to dance is going to make Charles want to like leave the house. <laughs> That's funny. I'm the better dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I just can keep, come up with more creative moves where Michael's got like his standard yep. couple of movements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's I, fun. I know that all too well. Um, <laughs> so, he, I, I am married to a very good dancer. I'm lucky in that aspect. Um, so, <laughs> Real quick before we close, let's talk a little bit about the other two companies that you have and sort of how you decided to then continue adding to your your plethora of, of side hustle gigs. Yeah, so the I mean the e-commerce business was just something that one of our friends kind of turned us on to is like, you know, a way to make additional cash flow. And it's handled, you know, it's not really handled by us, it's handled by a team of, of other people. So it's kind of more, you know, passive. Than, okay. than real estate is sometimes or like the active part, which is nice. And then the other one is is slightly more active, slightly passive though, not as active as real estate as well, but it's an import business. So basically we're importing older vehicles that are in the UK over to the US and, and we can sell them for a premium over there because people love right-hand drive vehicles in the US. So Fantastic. Well, you guys are impressive. You are uh, definitely an inspiration to the rest of us married folks who are trying to run a business together, have a life and all of the things. So my hat goes off to both of you. I'm super impressed. And I would love to have you back on the show to dig in deeper on some of these things. Cause I think you guys have the finger on the pulse and super amazing. So where can everybody find you if they want to listen to your show, if they want to learn more about the real estate investing, all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Throughout this entire podcast, we talked about making impact, right? Yeah. And so if you're looking, if you're listening out there and you're like, you know, I, I love to like build wealth and make an impact at the same time, like please feel free to go to adventurousrei.com forward slash impact. And there you'll be able to find a little guide where we can, where we basically talk about how to make an impact through real estate investing. But if you want to find our podcast, go to adventurousrei.com forward slash info. And there you'll be able to find our podcast, The Adventures of Real Estate Investor. You'll be able to find our YouTube video, our YouTube channel. And and then also you can connect with Susie and I on LinkedIn there. Fantastic. Well, we have been chatting today with Michael Barnhart and Susie Sevier. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for being on God's Side Hustle. And to our listeners, I will check in with you next week. Have an amazing day.